go. Welcome back, everyone, to episode 17 of the Precision Unloaded podcast. My name's Graham. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark. How are you, Mark? Good, good, Graham. It's our final episode ever, so it's been a good road. The final? Are you leaving our highly successful podcast? Oh, I thought we said when we got to 17, that was it. I just didn't think we'd ever get to 17 episodes. Oh, yeah. And actually, jokes aside, mm. we are over one year of doing the podcast now, I believe. Are we? Wow. Yes. Two weekly podcasts, 17 episodes, something's not stacking up there. <laughs> yes, it's, uh, the, the math doesn't quite work, but... Um, We've had a few Harry and Megan breaks. Yep, yep, that's for sure. Um, but anyway, back with another... And the episode, we're going to sort of give the match talk a bit of a rest for one of the yeah, uh, stop talking about competitions. <laughs> um, it's hard because at the moment we're shooting a lot of competitions, uh, like a freaking heap. Um, so, but we'll give it a give it a bit of rest. Talk about a few little hunting guns and mm. uh, a little bit of stuff like that. Um, so it's a bit of a random sort of episode. We're going to talk about uh, the Chris Vector Twenty Two. We're going to talk about the Benali Lupo. Um, some of the things we've been up to in the last few weeks. Uh, excluding the competitions, we'll talk about that um, uh, next month. Um, so, Mark, what have you been up to in the last wee while? Oh, just uh, pregnancy testing news and um, drenching, pre prelim drenching. Um, oh, hold on, that's nothing to do with shooting at all. Uh, <clears throat> no, I've been basically getting ready for a bit of possum warfare. Mm-hmm. So doing a bit of changing around, digging up some ammo for a bit of a blaze up on possums before the winter hits because they seem to be um, invading again so and just went for a pig hunt tonight for the first time in a while clear night so managed to blow away three so did you? mm. they're back they're back back, yeah so we we had a competition weekend uh, Queen's birthday yeah couldn't find pigs to save myself all over the show anyway but sure enough two weeks later there's pig rooting appearing here and there and in about five or six different places so anyway I declared mission accomplished too soon like George Bush (laughs) the the pigs are said nah we're coming back so yeah so that's good um they've been tearing up the side of the road up the way up so I stopped and there was three by the box culvert on the way up so I was, I was just there it was actually about eight but um I waited and waited for a big one nothing appeared so I just opened up on them so didn't miss that was good for after not shooting the thermal for a while yep about yeah that's good 80 metres 90 metres too bad but anything worth talking about size wise no no scrubbers ones? yeah no yep so but um, yeah, not sure where the biggie was, but there was certainly, from the signs, at least three larger pigs there somewhere. So nice, nice. Oh, that's good. Um, mm. Yeah, it's <laughs> but it's always disappointing when we go looking for them, and we don't see anything. So no, no, but, it's like when you come up for the shoot all the way the track from the woolshed to the hut, basically, has got rooting all the way along. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and I went to have a look for them tonight and couldn't find them, so don't know what where they're at. So. Yeah. Anyway, oh. that's me. Um, waiting for a bit of stuff to arrive. Do a bit of changing stuff on the Tika 
TAC A1, so put the ARCA rail mm -hmm. on it, and yep. a ARCA, ARCA mount bipod, so yep. that'll be quite fun to have a muck around with, so hopefully this week it'll be here. Um, yeah, that'd be cool, that'd be very cool. And then, um, yeah, that's about me really, so, well, I've been, well, and mucking around with the Spinelli bolt gun, so... Which we'll talk yeah, about later. Yeah, which we'll talk about. Yep, we'll talk about the Benelli, the the gun people doesn't know, people don't know exists. Um, is that what you've heard? <clears throat> oh, the only person I've ever heard talk about it is you. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, the yeah. only person you've heard talk about six point eight Western is me too. So there you go. Yes, and that's that sort of explains the whole situation. Yeah. To be honest. Anyway, so early, I have early been... adopter ends up with crap product. <laughs> Yeah, and they refine it, and uh, you've still got the old one. Um, <laughs> the Gen so, Two, damn it! Should we have the, the Gen Two? <laughs> um, I've we've, again, like I said, we've, we've shot a few matches recently, but we'll go over that um, late, later on in another episode. But um, uh, winter and work have sort of reduced shooting as much as we normally do. Um, so, like I said, it's been comp based, and then, but I did manage to get away for a hunt over on the east coast. Um, uh, Private land, a, a big, uh, big giant forestry block, um, owned by some massive company. Anyway, we got the permit for uh, the, the the rear part of that, um, which is quite hard to access. So, but luckily, we can go through a certain property, and uh, it's um, chocker full of red deer and fallow and pigs. Um, so we we managed to sort of shoot a few, a uh, few good pigs and a few not so good pigs, <coughs> and. Uh, <laughs> One of them looked quite and quite sizable, was he? Uh, he would have been about ninety pounds. Oh, you know. Yeah, and then I sent you a photo of the one I didn't put on Facebook. Uh, that sow, she was about a hundred. Oh yeah. Um, less than perfect shot. She was running away, but I managed to sort of quarter it through her, uh, her, like a running quartering shot. Anyway, um, uh, they both got uh, given away to a, a local family, which is cool. Um, I was quite surprised when we had to carry them out. I was thinking, what the heck? But anyway. Um, and then, yeah. I thought it, you were saying it was a euphemism for something, given away to a local yeah. family. <clears throat> I know we actually did. We didn't just kick them over the bank. Oh. And um, I, uh, I seen the biggest sort of stag I'd ever seen in the wild um, and proceeded to fumble around and not shoot it. Um, I've was, never seen you do that. Yeah, Hashtag uh, first using tripod on the 308. Oh, that's right, that bloody pig. Mm. Yeah, similar. Oh, no, nah, not even as worse than that. So went out of the At window shot, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's, oh. But anyway, it wasn't ready to go, and uh, this big, impressive stag gave me plenty of time, and um, he trotted off into the bush uh, with uh, a shot not even fired. So um, I was a bit gutted because uh, he was that good he, he would have been mounted like I would have actually paid to get him mounted but um, I went back and looked for him later later on that day um, and he was nowhere to be seen um, they don't give you many chances no no and, and even even my friend who, who, who took me guided me around he, <laughs> he shoots some impressive deer and even he said you should have shot that bloody deer that was an impressive deer <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he literally were there and he said are you going to shoot that and I looked up and oh shit there's a big stag there's actually a big a, this, the, the big stag it was minimum of a 10 I'm saying 10 but he could possibly have been slightly better you know, 
you know, and pretty quick. And then there was like an eight or something, and and then there's a spiker. So there's three of them there, and they were just um, yeah, they gave. I, they gave me every chance, but I just I just wasn't ready, wasn't paying attention, and um, I didn't quite believe that there was that many deer in the area, to be honest. And then all of a sudden, these things pop up, and um, I didn't shoot them. But so I might head over again in a month or so if I can, uh, if I'm lucky enough to go back and <laughs> and, um, and have another go. We, we went out, we shot a not me, but the other guys they shot a hind and a um, a yearling as well, um, just for just for Tucker. And um, we um, so we got plenty of plenty of meat, filled the chiller up, <clears throat> and we went out for a thermal later on that night, and uh, got onto what I thought we thought was some some reasonable stags. The trouble being that the uh, antlers don't show up in the thermal imaging because there's no blood running through them. They do if they um, go in front of something. That's all. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah. Um, so so, this if, you, was, so uh, if you go in front of a warmer background. Which, if it's like a bank, oh, a bank or a cliff, then you can pick them up. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, these we were using these. But you've got to uh, tell the deer to do it. Go over and stand that's there. That's true. <coughs> we were using the Thermion to spot. We're using the Thermion. I was asking, binoculars. ask you what you're using. Yeah, binoculars. Uh, so the Pulsar, no, Pulsar Accolade. Yeah, they're they're very very flash. Binoculars. Um. Two, yeah, two, yeah, two, yeah. So that's a Pulsar Accolade. They're, yeah. They're about eight or nine thousand dollars, I believe. They're bloody. Something yeah, like that. yeah. Range find, they'll range find at night. That's got the GST back, maybe. Yeah, probably <coughs> closer to ten. Shivers. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, but again, got on to four, and we like we could see them fighting and stuff, and we thought, oh, here we go, and we did a big mission round and got in a good position, and uh, we didn't have the, we didn't take the um, the rifle with the thermal on it, which it does have, but we just took the the binoculars and. Um, so I went and got them on spotlight, but they were only sort of three or four years old and, you know, sort of four pointers, six pointers sort of things. Um, so we, I didn't bother shooting them. Yeah. I, to be honest, I wasn't there to shoot for meat. I was there to shoot for bone. Um, I wanted to bring home a big set antlers. Didn't happen. Uh, so those, we let those stags run away. Um, and, uh, hopefully, hopefully I can go catch up with, uh, one of the biggest stags in a month or so finally shoot something worth taking home but uh how many how many trips that uh grow? that was the second one. Third times <laughs> third time lucky eh? well shit <laughs> so what, what, are your, what are your main learnings from that trip uh what are my main learnings pay attention um have the rifle in a more ready state yeah yeah you know have it sort of ready to lift and load and shoot and <clears throat> not necessarily slang or something like that and then um it, it was cl- a lot of closer range shooting that i still had a bipod on i didn't need that if you're throwing that away yeah um you, you know so just knowing the area we were going into and um maybe getting rid of that bipod like you can offhand a, a shot at 100 meters right so there wasn't much opportunity past that and if there was going to be i had a backpack in the truck anyway i could have shot up a pack so yeah just being being a bit more ready uh i was sort of treating it how we hunt here in taranaki and it was um a lot quicker than that you needed to be ready to go so um yeah that was it really uh but the yeah so i was just using my little 260 remington um uh shot the pigs just fine the pigs the pigs i shot um but yeah it's uh 
I didn't didn't shoot a red with it, so I'm still yet to shoot a red deer with that gun. I've shot fallow and everything else, and, and that with it. But uh, yeah, I'll, to be honest, I've, every three or four minutes, I'll think about that stag and how it ran away. <laughs> but uh, they keep popping up in my head. Um, so hopefully, I can uh, go find them again one day. But anyway, there's supposedly lots of stags and they're lots of big stags. Um, so I doubt we'll struggle to find something else on another trip. And there was even some mention of maybe you coming over uh, for an adventure over there to the East Coast. So. Well, then you'd be guaranteed to um, not get something on your third trip if you take me along. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, so, that, so that's sort of, um, that was my... Uh, sort of, main hunting trip for the, the month and um, again a few pigs and stuff that's sort of no big deal for us to shoot a few of those um, odd there's no goats over there um, which is an odd thing for me um, in, in fact those guys want to come here and shoot goats yeah this is something I've um, I've been to plenty of places where there aren't goats and you just think oh yeah it's just a local whatever regional thing but there are quite significant areas without goats it's, um, it's a dag yeah, I've, I tell got, you I've what, got people who come here to do it. Yeah, um, on the front, yeah. you know. And some of that pine forest, there's that much young blackberry. I heard of goats that clean it out quite well, to be honest. <laughs> um, whether that's how the, the owners of the forest oh, feel. God, yeah. <laughs> should we, um, should we, yeah, should so, we replant that forest? Yeah, uh, we'll just negotiate with the 5,000 goats before they eat it all. <laughs> Actually, one of the comments was I wish over there, I wish we had goats instead of red deer. Yeah, which no. baffled me. Yeah, no. <clears throat> yeah, you, you, and I said, yeah, that's not at all what you want. Because um, once you've shot a few, they sort of lose their uh, their challenge yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. For those who haven't shot feral goats, it's um, it's pretty straightforward. It's um, it's not really even considered hunting. It's just considered shooting for the most part. Um, anyway, but yeah, so live targets, live targets. Had a trip over there. Um, yeah, and then come back, and then. Um, here we are. Um, no stag, and um, all right. That's enough wallowing in yourself, pity, Graham. That's I, I know. God, move, move on. Before yeah. I start crying. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess. So, Mark, you you have a new purchase. Yes. <clears throat> um, this is an odd gun. Yeah, yeah. So maybe twelve months ago, because I do a bit of reading up on new stuff coming out being a early adopting idiot as I said earlier so and I was quite interested in the Benelli Lupo which is Benelli the renowned Italian company shotgun maker and a few other things um, they've made in semi-auto centrifuges in the past I think was it a Benelli R1 I think it might have been anyway uh, they developed and put out a bolt action rifle probably came in the market a year ago finally arrived here so I was keen to get one so I'd sort of put one on back order and then I saw that there was some on the mar oh, for sale here anyway so um, so I picked one up they said there was only one left it's in 270 so which is what I wanted anyway strangely enough but well, the gun originally only came out in 300 Win Mag 270 and 3006 all your favourite calibres Graham yeah my favourite calibres <coughs> tried and trusted and true uh, it's now come out in 6.5 Creedmoor 308 and 243 so basically a, a short oh you know it's a short action I suppose yeah mm -hmm. um, 
So anyway, it arrived and I've finally got rid of a couple of other weapons I didn't need. Guns, rifles, sorry. Um, that have been gathering dust for a very long time in the safe and um, made some room for this. So yeah, I mean general stats, It's um, what they set out to do is basically build a bolt action rifle that's basically a chassis so there's a small aluminium chassis in the middle where the trigger group and the action everything is and um, your fore-end and buttstock are basically bolted to that which means you can mm -hmm. therefore adjust them so that comes yep. with the ability to adjust the, the angle whatever cast or drop or whatever they call it um, out of the box so so that's quite good you can actually change them later on if something else comes out I suppose a bit like the Sarko S20 I suppose um, the modularity oh so there is you can you can swap the stocks around I'm saying if they put out other stocks but I'm, oh, okay. I don't know if they would but no who knows yeah so um, it's basically got a what's called Benelli surface treatment so like a well call it like a Cerakote their own development it's more of a looks like quite a finer coating type thing which they use on the shotgun so basically it's corrosion resistance water resistance all that sort of thing so which is pretty common on waterfowl shotguns so they've put that on this so it means it's pretty much coated right through and I think any of the parts that have got that treatment have got a 25 year warranty so so it seems yeah um, it makes it quite a shiny black barrel but it doesn't bother me mm -hmm. it looks different yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I've got that. I've chucked um, a Sig BDX 4.5 to 14 or 15 scope on it, um, which I've had for a while. So it's quite suited to it. It comes with. It's already got basically pick rail pieces mounted on it, so it's just ready to go. And it's threaded, which I think the original versions went to the states weren't. And it's actually an M14 thread, which. And the listing it says it's a five eighths by twenty four, but I'm assuming obviously the stuff they sent to Australasia would be the European ones, so it'll be metric. So it's an M14 thread, so which is great. I've already got an M14 Magnum suppressor that will fit it. So happy days. I have not put it on yet though. I've just been using it without a suppressor just to see what it's like recall wise and that. So. Yeah. Um, what I like about it, well, I guess. Yeah. Any other basic questions you have about it? It's um. So I sh shot it. Yeah. Oh, a couple of weeks ago, two three weeks ago. Yeah. I was actually surprised. It's a relatively light gun. Mm. With a, like like hunting profile barrel, um, and a stout cartridge, right? Two seventies, no, no wimp. <clears throat> In the prone position, I was sort of expecting quite a bit of recoil, but with that sort of recoil, I guess the shotgun style thing, like you said, management system in, it, in the stock or however it works, I'm not familiar. It was not bad to shoot. Yeah, progressive um, comfort system, which is their name for it. Ah, uh, well, that's what I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Progressive comfort system. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, you know, I, I was it, really, I thought, yeah, that, and I imagine, like personally, same thing, I'd put a suppressor on it. Um, cut the noise down and also maybe be able to spot your shots a little bit easier but I went into it expecting a lot less than I got and I was I 
Again, only fired a half a dozen shots, I'd say 500 metres, but yep. it worked. Um, I could see it being a a good hunting game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously, well, where's it sit price-wise? I mean, it retails probably about three grand. Um, yeah. You can probably find it for two eight if you hunt around in New Zealand um, rubles. So, so it's not cheap. Uh, it's not expensive expensive either I suppose I don't know I mean teakers are getting up there in price now relative to what they used to be so um, so once you add in things like uh, the fact it's basically a type of Cerakote or coating um, it's f the recoil reduction stuff uh, it's got a, a soft cheek piece moulding that is on top of the buttstock so mm -hmm. it's not just a basic gun to say rifle um, so yeah well, what I do like about it um, the coating is good to get that out of the box it means it's pretty much you can wander around without worrying about it being a rust attractant like my TAC A1 is um, so that's good the bolt is excellent it's sort of um, quite well engineered easy to take apart basically just push and twist and you can pull the, the assembly right out and put it back in again quite easily so probably the first time I've seen that on bolt I'm sure there's other ones out there that are pretty simple but this one seems very well engineered and thought out so um, it's a 60 degree bolt throw I think from memory so it's pretty you know not much to it um, it probably raises the one dislike I had was actually the bolt handle was loose when I got it so and there's two allen screws in there that you've got to basically I did tighten up and um, lock tight and that's fine but mm -hmm. something always gets overlooked now and again doesn't it so um, it comes with integrated pick rail sections already on it so it's all ready to go like it's good I are they machined into the action no no, no, they're not. It's bolted on. Bolted on, yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, that's already threaded. Um, the one thing I do like a lot about it is the magazine system. So it's a five-round double stack, which sits flush, which is pretty impressive. And if you have a look at the gun online, you'll see it's um, with the magazine out. It's quite distinctive. It's missing because it has basically a side profile or a cutout where the magazine mm -hmm. would be. So when the magazine's in, it looks flush and like a normal stock. When the magazine's out, you can see a bit of a triangle cutout in mm -hmm. the bottom of it. So it holds five rounds of 270, sitting flush, and it is the easiest to top load for a magazine like that I've ever seen. So it is actually awesomely easy to load it additional rounds. Just with the it bolt. just top loads like an old Mauser or something. Don't yeah. you just click the yeah. It's yeah. got a very low That's spring, fun. very low spring pressure in the mag, yeah. and <clears throat> yeah. So I, I thought I was something. You know, I've tested it a few times now. It's actually yeah, and no, it's, it's bloody good to load. So it'll be good as a something like a hunter class type thing. You've got that ability to quickly decide to top load <laughs> it, whatever. Yep. Um, but no, the fact that it comes with a five round, pol it's a polymer magazine, it's plastic like most stuff now, so, um, 
What else? No, that, that sort of comes off. The weight wise, it's seven pounds, and someone said to me, Oh, that's pretty heavy. It's a 22 inch barrel, and 270, I think. Yeah. And the other, the 301 mag's 24. Um, but no, I don't, well, it's not that heavy. Um, I'm not trying to trek across Antarctica or anything, so I'm not really looking for a rifle that's four pounds, something like a Kimber whatever they are, Adirondack or something. Um, I think this is one thing people have to remember about what we do as well. Like, this will be used to cull multiple animals. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, it'll shoot some reds and some fellas up, but, like, if there's a mob of goats and you need to shoot 10, 15 shots, you'll be shooting 10 or 15 shots. It's, yeah. It's not a shoot-once gun. So... That's it, yeah. Why, why... Well, I really wanted another rifle on 270 because my Tika is basically set up with a MDT stock and my thermal scope on it so it's basically only mm -hmm. used for night shooting so I could actually use it for day shooting too because it, it's a good enough scope for it but because um, of all this 270 ammo and reloading gear or whatever you know so I was <coughs> just wanted another rifle in 270 which I've got all the ammo for it's interchangeable blah 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 so so now setting it up inside of it was a piece of cake and I was surprised how accurate it was you know um, I just had some boxes of Federal Fusion that someone swapped some stuff for me for, so I was using that as a start off, and um, you know, printing a pretty small group um, at 100 meters once I got it set up and going. So, yeah, which they do say the um, the barrels cryogenically, whatever, frozen and. <laughs> <coughs> a bit more thermal stability or something I don't know it sounds cool <coughs> ish so yeah uh, other things obviously the adjustability the recoil reduction seems to make a difference it'll be interesting once I get the suppressor on to see how that goes um, I think it'll be pretty good only other dislike is the sling swivel at the front is up front and on an angle on the forend so it's a bit like um, some of your browning BARs and that used to be where the your rifle sling attaches to the front of the forend do you follow what I'm saying? yep no um, but then it has well I do because I've seen it <laughs> I've actually got a lug there's a lug underneath that you can a plug you can take out and put a normal sling swivel on it or mm -hmm. you know for a bipod attachment so that's fine um which is what i'll do eventually yeah but i sort of wasn't intending to shoot off a bipod with it but i mean it's a nice enough and accurate enough gun and i'll test it once the suppressors on it to see how well it handles yeah might, yeah might use do it, you think use it one day i mean you've only used it briefly yeah do you think it's worth the cost um, compared to say like a Tika or a, a Browning or a Howard or whatever uh, yeah. I think yes and no I think there are enough additional features on it to justify its cost um, but would someone really notice them over a I don't know Browning Hell's Canyon speed or something for a two grand or whatever they are. 
Probably, yeah. probably not. <clears throat> um, yeah, the Sauer 100s got double stack mags, so they take. I think my 300 wood mag takes four rounds. So, yeah, the mag capacity and a flush mount mag's pretty good. Um, mm. Trying to think what else. Yeah. The Mauser M18. Yeah, obviously my PRC one doesn't take that many because they're quite a fat round, aren't they? So. Um, yeah. Right, your scope mount's already on it. Or your bases, sorry. Yeah, threaded, all that other stuff. Um, which most stuff comes standard now. Uh, it's already serocoded, so you basically got to put it in the category with any other gun that's serocoded. So that you're getting towards eighteen hundred bucks, two grand anyway, aren't you? Mm. For serocoded. Yeah, or Hell's Canyon's Cerakoted. Yeah, yeah. Tika. Tika Aspires so, yeah. or whatever they are. Those are <coughs> a few other. This is like again, like you said, it's not a it's not a, a cheap plastic um, printed or injection molded stock or um, or anything like that. So there is a bit more to the like say technology there and um, yeah, uh, yeah, and there is some innovation. Um, yeah. All right. Well, it, anyway, it looks odd. It looks. Italians either they get things either perfect or really odd. It's like their cars, right? And I'm not sure whether I like the styling of it yet, but it is it is an interesting looking firearm. Um, doesn't have a lot of uh, transition over into the precision world. Um, it's more of a hunting style setup, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's good because I think we've already got enough <laughs> precision guns anyway. But um, speaking of non-precision guns, yes, I have an sent to me by NZ Millsaps, our friends over there. Uh, one of the Chris Vector uh, semi-automatic 22 long rifle um, rifles sort of built on the Chris Vector platform. Um, so these are built by Chris, uh, who manufacture the, uh, obviously, now illegal in New Zealand semi-automatics and the submachine guns for military use. Yeah. Um, but the 22LR is still legal here. Um, so I've only been playing with it for a week or two. Um, couple of weeks that is a fun little gun um, you've shot it briefly uh, but uh, it's um, it, to be honest and I mean you play with your Chris uh, AR clone quite a lot it's fun shooting a semi-automatic again after sort of not doing it for several years since the um, since they all got banned and taken off us um, I've actually I, I have this habit of getting whatever firearm I bolt a massive scope on it or a big one at least and I, I just obsess on how far I can shoot it with any degree of consistency but I've sort of taken a different direction with the Chris so far anyway and um well you have to don't you well I could put a scope on it if I wanted to yeah but you'd be about eight feet above the barrel that's fine <laughs> no, I, I mean the, I used to have the scope height over uh, ball thing is an interesting thing with it that's right it's a low man. Yeah, but again, for at past 100 meters, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know that. But I'll, I'll anyway, say. anyway, anyway, you try compensating um, for possum shooting. <laughs> yeah, um, trust me, people ask these questions. Yes. Um, yes. So, what we've done is I've, I've put a, uh, a red dot set up on it. So, I did have a sort of cheaper red dot that I play around with to begin with, and I was just, um, uh, you know, targets at like. 25 to 50 meters and just doing sort of fast engagements um 
uh, sort of speed steel style if you're if you're a pistol shooter um, again very amateur speed steel I'm, I'm, it's definitely not something I'm uh, experienced in but just sort of you know doing double taps and moving on quickly and um, quick reloads and that kind of thing like we used to do with our AR-15s uh, so that's been pretty fun <clears throat> and then I sort of put out a bit of a call to some of the boys and I managed to bludge a EOTech from one gentleman and then an EOTech for sorry three times magnifier from another so um that now has uh, a whole slew of EOTech goodies living on top of it for the meantime um, until I send them back. Um, so for those people who don't know what they are, what are they? Are they a military grade red dot? Yeah, yeah, so EOTech's military grade red dot. Yep. Uh, sort of, and then the, the, the three times magnifier, what it does, it sits in behind your... That's sort of a um, TV screen type yep. setup, square, yep. square box. Yeah, yep, yep. Square box. Yep. And um, you, you don't have all the stupid like options on dots and stuff, you just got on off and brightness yeah and then the magnifier sits behind it and that what that does it actually flips over to the side it's on a hinge so <clears throat> the i imagine the intended use is for uh, military and law enforcement so um they walk around close quarters red dot and then if they've got to shoot a little bit further they can flip the magnifier up and um <clears throat> you know when they're shooting out to 100 or 200 meters or whatever the situation may be um so again, we will more than likely we'll just be shooting bit of steel and then doing a bit of pest control with it. So it's a bit of a different role for these uh, uh, fancy military grade um, optics. But um, yeah, so like you said earlier about some possum shooting, so we're going to do a bit of uh, a bit of pest control with this thing and, and then a bit of fast shooting. And um, eventually I'll uh, tire of that and then I probably will put a a larger scope on I've got a few of the new uh, Riton scopes in so one of those will go on it and um, I have a play at you know two three hundred meters and and that kind of thing but uh, for the meantime we're just shooting close with it close and fast um, heaps of ammo uh, just reminiscing about the AR-15s to be completely honest but yeah um, it did, one thing it I did pick my interest when you're looking at the setup of the optics so that was when I started to go Okay, so what's the point of these things? And then it sort of worked it all out eventually, I think. Um, yeah, the red dot with the magnifier is generally closer quarter stuff. We need wide field of view type of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. LPVOs can do a lot of that stuff now, and people are more shifting to them, I'd say. It's a rough rule from what I've seen yep. elsewhere. But um, I see the US Army's just selected a SIG 1-6 LPVO for their main rifle optic so um <coughs> so it it did i'll be keen to try it out actually because um on various ones i've been looking you know at what to put on my 3030's got a red dot at the moment obviously the wonderful loophole rds that we've talked about before um so yeah, it'll be interesting to give it a go, especially the magnifier flip-up thing. I've seen them a lot of, definitely stateside anyway, not here. But well, they were, to be honest, they were optics I always was keen to own uh, back in the <laughs> ECAT days, you know. But they were, <clears throat> like, they were ex expensive optics, and they are still expensive optics. So um, for like a, uh, you know, for mucking around and close, there was a lot of money to spend. Um, 
and fortunately for the guys who own these things their guns have been crushed and um the 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 optics weren't bought back in the buyback so they're they they stuck with these sort of high-end optics with no real use for them so they've been nice enough to lend them to me um to play with but yeah um probably not that good on a bolt gun to be completely honest what's the size of the dot well, do you know no top of your head nah i don't know don't just know. little red thing you just pointed stuff yeah i'm, I'm no aficionado when it comes to uh, these red dots and stuff but yeah but anyway um they're what's on at the moment uh, like i said been doing a bit of shooting up uh, close on sort of um uh, rimfire targets um uh, one thing i will say is it does run really dirty the gun as in um sort of just um unburnt powder and that it doesn't affect how it runs but you just because it's got a um sort of a a shoot where the uh it ejects from um you can sort of just see where the the, the grime and the unburnt powder sort of sticks um again uh done a bunch of rounds through it haven't had a jam or anything but uh just notice it gets grubby gave it a clean got grubby again pretty quick so that's maybe one thing to look for them on <clears throat> look out for on them but again i haven't had any issues but i imagine if you fired say five thousand rounds two and a half thousand rounds without firing you probably should clean them um again easy to break down though you just um split the upper and the lower and then yeah pull a little thing off and the bolt comes out the back and it's it's, it's pretty straightforward and then a couple little bits you may need like a um a q-tip just to wipe in some little areas um but other than that it's, it's pretty straightforward yeah i found with my Defiance the same thing the cleaning requires a bit more work Whereas my 1022, I'd, uh, I think I've cleaned it once, and I've had it 20 years. <laughs> it still goes fine-ish. <clears throat> um, but uh, I mean, after shooting a comp with my uh, semi, I don't think I'll be going back to a bolt action in competitions. So that's just my. Are you going to abandon your Ruger Precision Rimfire? Probably. Oh wow, that's a big call. I'll cool. use it for a trainer rifle for. <laughs> so you don't wear out the barrel on your on your crest. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> for someone else who wants to use it. For, oh, yeah, for yeah, training. That's a good idea. It's it's oh, yeah. A, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I need, I need a, backup gun. a twenty-two bolt action for people to to learn how to use bolt actions, basically. So newbies, very newbies, talking talking about. Yep. Yep. That's fair. Um, but yeah, so that, that's been fun. Um, again, I'd like to be shooting it a bit more, but these uh, early evenings sort of wreck any chance of shooting after work, and then uh, all the comps have soaked, soaked up all my time on the weekends. Yeah. Um, but, but hopefully we'll shoot some possums with it this weekend or something along those lines. Yeah. No, well, I think we've got um, probably a bit of testing, review stuff to come up. I mean, once these right in scopes have had a good run, it'll be interesting to have some thoughts on them. Yes, so what have I got in? I've got the X7. Yeah, so uh, that's a higher end one. Um, yeah, this sort of top of the line. 4 to 32 um, pair. Yeah, and then I've got an X5, I believe, which is. Yeah. So both both mill, mill, yeah, first buckle plane. <clears throat> so I sort of have a, you know, play the mid range and the top range one. Um, so I'm going to put, put the uh, X7 on my 6.5 Creedmoor, and then the X5 I'm going to put on the 223, and then also the 22. Um, I think yeah, the it could be the X5 could be quite a good option for, for uh, either building a budget um, precision long range rifle, or 
setting up your 22 with a um, first focal plane scope. Uh, again, you don't need to go as hardcore on 22s because you're only shooting uh, a small amount of distance, as long as they dial well, because you will be dialing a lot. Uh, what else have we got in? Uh, you got a skypod in. I should have a skypod in soon. Um, yeah, saved up your pennies. Good work. <laughs> um, the Howler 1100 rimfire that has been the chassis has been upgraded on that to a TPSX. Uh, I've just got to site that in um, and get it all uh, tickety boo. So I had to track down some bases for it. Now there's still no commercially available sort of bases that I can find, but luckily Browning T bolt bases fit. We learned so. Hmm. Um, we got some T-bolt bases. So what that what now how is, is this? The fifteen hundred rimfire, oh, uh, eleven hundred rimfire, the twenty-two. Is that a new uh, one? So, yeah, and so I'll be playing with it in the uh, sort of um, factory stock. Is that that plasticky and, um, one? Well, my, all things are plastic. Why, yeah, like that. That yeah, black plastic one. Yeah, and um, so that's now got an aluminium chassis. Um, I've sort of I've written a review that'll be in a I think it's NZ Rotom Rifle magazine actually in the next month or three, um, just like a pest control sort of shooting rabbits and sort of thing review of the gun. Uh, now we'll, it'll transition to the precision uh, style and you know chassis, big scope, um, big bipod that kind of thing and a bit more what you used to from from me uh, and that'll feature on the website rather than in the magazine. Um, yeah, I think that's about what we've got in it. Oh, and I've got a bunch of Millsurp stuff that'll pop up okay. um, as time allows. Right. Make sure you send Graham some uh, suggestions for topics. Cause yes, send yeah. topics so we don't have to rant and ramble on about me missing stags. Yeah. And hopefully we'll also have some MDT chassis hunting chassis arriving soon maybe you think it might be soon eh could be watch the space cool. watch the space so it's the HNT ones the whatever super space early magnesium yeah cool I'd, ideal for lighting a fire if you get stuck in the forest that's true um don't use the gunpowder and your bullet light the stock on fire mm. good idea mm. um yeah, that'll be cool. Actually, that's um, we're gonna. Yeah, we've got a few cool plans. What we're gonna do there, sort of lightweight precision hunting setup. Um, yeah, that you'll see more of in the coming months as long as it arrives. I was thinking ultimately of doing something with it. So yeah, because I need a light rifle for my lovely wife to use. So I'm trying to think mm -hmm. of something like that. <clears throat> Maybe with a low, have to be low recoiling though. So. Could be like six five Grendel or something. I don't know. Maybe Ark, but I don't know. Well, it's probably vaporware anyway. It'll die as a cartridge or something. But. So that's perfect for you then. For your obsession <laughs> with odd cartridges. <laughs> of all things new, will it fly? I'll try it anyway. Uh. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it, uh, you could do a, um, a six five with a lighter projectile or something along those lines. Mm. Um, oh, the only thing is, if you, lightweight gun equals more recoil yeah well that's why I was wanting so, less recoil that's what that's what I mean though so like you're sort of yeah yeah, so yeah if it's yeah. too light you end up having oh, maybe a fast maybe two, two, fast two, two, three. fastest 23 yeah a light and carbon fiber which I don't have oh no I do 
Oh, you do have one of those. <laughs> Fuck it, just use, you give me that one. Um, but yeah, so again, uh, <laughs> Mark likes to sort of double up on guns or triple up in this case with these lightweight things. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, so we'll probably wrap this up about here. I guess we're about 40 minutes, 50 minutes. Um, next time we'll talk about, we're going to talk about the Zeiss Paris match that was held down in Bulls, uh, which I competed in. You were hunting pigs. Uh, we had the Topra, um, GPRE Topra 22 practical shoot a couple of weeks ago, so we'll talk over that too. Where and we shot better, better, but not the best. And what? Yeah, I was, I was pretty happy. Podium. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, you did? You got a podium? We'll um, with the, yep. Our vehicle and was third, um, fourth, fifth, sixth. It was third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Yes. And. Uh, but more on that later. More on that later. Um, and we will have. We have our last sort of major event of the GPRE TLRS season next weekend, uh, depending on what happens with this COVID bullshit. Um, Oh no, that's right. <clears throat> it's not a normal TRS event if there's not COVID sprinkled into the mix. It's sort of just if I organise something, it just attracts it. It seems, but um, uh, the planning is already afoot. Uh, oh, what is that? What is Wellington squad? <laughs> the squ- squads are already being um, segregated to regions. It's already happening. Really? Um, oh, there you go. Yep. Yeah. We uh, believe it or not, we try and be on top of this stuff. Um, so yeah, so that's coming up. So we'll be setting up some of that this weekend in the rain. But it looks like the weather's clearing next week, so we might. Get no, it's forecast looking okay so far. Touch yep. wood. But we're a week out, but so hopefully we just have some cold wind instead of rain. Um, yeah. So for you, those of you who are coming along, um, get your ammo loaded, and we'll see you yeah. in a week if this, if you listen to this before it happens. And um, other than that, yeah, make sure you bring wet weather gear and uh, appropriate footwear and um, a dry set of clothes for the end of the day. Definitely. All right, Definitely. Graham. We'll see you next time. All bye, right. everyone. Bye, bye, everyone. <laughs>